Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. My remarks today that I want to share with you over the next few minutes uh, connect with both portions from the Torah that were read. And uh, the first one was called Re'eh, which means see, S-E-E. And the second one was Ha'azinu, which can be translated really give ear. comes from the word ozen. This is your ozen. Can you grab your ozen? Don't, not your neighbor's, but yours. This is your ozen. And there's a verb uh, to give ear. It's translated in some uh, classical English translations. But it means to listen, to hear, uh, that type of thing. And both English words here, um, see and listen, both of those words occur often in Scripture. They occur so often that we might just gloss over them or pass over them when we see them. Uh, as we read through uh, from the book of uh, Bereshit, Genesis, all the way to Revelation, through the, both the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah, we see all the scripture. These two words continue to appear. See and listen, or something related to listen, uh, such as um, hearing, that type of thing, giving ear. Now, both of these words, seeing and hearing, or seeing and listening, can refer to the actual physical thing we do with our eyes and ears. Can you hear me, by the way? Can you see me? Yeah, all right, good, good. But also in a spiritual sense of what we might call a figurative sense, they're also used in Scripture. And, and, and it refers to the idea of discernment or perception. And, and getting the deeper meaning. For example, when we recite the Shema, we face East. It's the only um, liturgy portion that we do here at Rosh Pina where we don't have an overhead. We face towards the East. And didn't Carl do a great job, by the way, with the liturgy? But we face towards the East, and we want everyone to memorize the Shema called the watchword of Judaism. It's the watchword of biblical Judaism, to memorize it. But there, again, is the idea of hearing. Hear, O Israel, Shema Israel, And the idea of not just hearing, but hearing so as to what? Obey. Hearing not so that you disobey, but hearing and obeying. Obedience is connected to it. As I mentioned, both of these ideas of seeing and hearing are found many times in Scripture. And let me share a passage from Tehillim, from Sefer Tehillim, the book of Psalms, chapter 34, that uses both of these words, just as an example of what I'm trying to express here this morning. In Tehillim, Psalm 34, beginning with verse 11 through verse 15, please note what it says here. Verse 11 says, Come, you children... Listen to me. Listen to me. 
Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And we just sang, and by the way, what a beautiful dance to you who fear the Lord. Come praise him. I was marveling that basically the songs that we sang today here, uh, most of those were chosen by, can I say, Moshe and Miriam uh, as uh, some of their favorites, but they were written by Israeli Messianic Jews. Pretty interesting, huh? Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Verse 12 of Tehillim, Psalm 34. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Does that apply to any of us here? Do you desire life and you love many days and you want to see good? That's me, don't you? Don't you want to see good across this planet that wars would cease? conflagrations would stop, that people would get along and, and, and in a sense, uh, learn to do what Yeshua and what the, the Torah tells us to love one another. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? There's that word again. And then verse 13 in Tehillim 34 gives us instructions. Actually, there's six, there are six things that are listed here. Number one, keep your tongue from evil. <laughs> Anyone's ever said things we wished we didn't say? <laughs> keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. And then it says this is very important, particularly for young people, but for all of us. Depart from evil, and not just depart from evil, but what's the next thing it says? Depart from evil and do good. This is what Melech David, King David said. Depart from evil and do good, and then seek peace, and not only seek peace, but chase after it. Pursue it. Well-being. And then verse 15 is a very reassuring verse in my estimation. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And guess what? And his ears are open to their cry. And I know if I was to ask you, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but if I was to ask you how many of you have cried out to the Lord at one time in your life and you found out that his, his, his ears were open to your cry, many of us would raise our hand immediately because he has responded to us in our deepest place of need is some of our most troubling and trying times. And also, by the way, as the Torah points out, he also is there in our good times and so that we don't forget him. We must remember him at all times, as the psalmist also says, at all times shall I praise thee. Thy praise shall be in my mouth. How often? At all times. The good times and the challenging times. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Well, wonderful young people like Miriam and Moshe, wonderful young people like these two, they represent what's called in the Hebrew language a dor chadash, a new generation, dor being the Hebrew word for generation, chadash meaning new. They represent a dor chadash, and guess what? Those of us who are older at one time, we represented what? A dor chadash, a new generation. They represent a new generation that, Be'ezrat Hashem, with the Lord's help, may they have many years to live, and, and may they have much to offer this world. 
those around them, this community, may they have much to offer, and particularly may they be very, very successful in relationship to the kingdom of our Messiah, doing kingdom things. May they be successful. But this generation, like all generations, including those of us who are older, the generation that we came from when we were the Dor Hadash, we were the new generation, may we keep in mind what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 15 in the Brit Hadashah. Notice the very first word here also links to Miriam's portion that she read today, see. Rob Shaul wrote, see then that you walk circumspectly. The idea is that you're aware of what's going on around you and you're making good choices as things are swirling around in your life and how important it is not only for the Dor Hadash, the younger generation, but for all generations to make good choices. See then that you walk circumspectly. And then it says this, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, what a challenging three words this is, at least in, as I view it, redeeming the time, making the most of the time, not for selfish gain, but making the most for of, of time that you're given, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I wondered when I was a young person, and some of you will resonate with this idea, I wondered as I came to the Lord at the age of 18, I wondered, could it get any worse? <laughs> as I began to see just how corrupt and evil things were going into the world. And my wife Miriam will tell you that I am ever an optimist. I see a half full cup every time. But could it get any worse? And now I, I think about young people, this Dor Hadash, this new generation, such as Moshe and Miriam and those of her age and her, their peers. I think, what a tough time. And may I give you this burden, may this burden come to you to pray for the younger generation, to pray for them, do all you can to encourage and help, and help them to go forward, to do good, to do what's right in the sight of God, and to be blessed by the hand of God. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand, perceive what the will of the Lord is. As Yeshua stated, not all who cry, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but those who do the will of my Father. So that means the will of the Lord for each of our lives, whether a younger person, an older person, or in between, the will of the Lord is critical for our lives, that we obey the Lord and not just do our own thing, so to say. And that was the mantra of our generation when I was young. It's your thing, do what you want to do. <laughs> how wrong and misguided that was. I think all people should redeem, redeem the time that God grants them. We should redeem the time, and we should make the most of godly opportunities that come into our lives, that he affords unto us, that he gives to us, that the Lord gives to us. I think this is especially true for young people today, this Dor Hadash, this new generation. Uh, to use the words of some of you have probably heard of this, this writer, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. How have you have heard of him? Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, some of us have from uh, literature. He explained in talking about youth, and in just seven words, he, he said this. Uh, listen carefully. Quote, youth comes but once in a lifetime, end quote. 
little tricky saying there, huh? It's like he's almost like saying without saying, redeem the time. You have these opportunities as a young generation, redeem the time, do what you can that's right in the sight of the Lord. And not to be outdone was the statement of Henry David Thoreau. How many have heard of him, of Thoreau? Many of us have. And he was referencing and uh, seeing and, and sight and visual things. And this, he opined this. This was his opinion. He said, quote, All things in this world must be seen with youthful, hopeful eyes, end quote. You know, that statement that all things in this world must be seen with youthful, hopeful eyes, that's not really an age-relegated statement. Because we can also, as we age, we can also see things with a hopeful glance. These things, hopefully, Yeshua is our living hope. He's coming back again as uh, one of the songs that Moshe and Miriam picked today. Who yavo? He will come. He's returning. Who yavo? He will return. But the question arises when we talk about a Dor Chadash, a new generation, is this generation different than past generations? It's a reasonable question. I've thought about it a lot. So we watched our children age and get older, and I've quipped to some of you here, uh, I really thought that parenting was finished at age 18. <laughs> and if that's what you're thinking is, uh, please uh, talk to Peter and Francis over there, and some of the others have older children. Parenting keeps going. And the generation that keeps, keeps growing and maturing. So is this generation different than most generations? Well, in some ways, this generation is very unique. I mean, my generation may have seen the moon landing, you know, but this generation has to deal with some other issues. And I have great compassion. I think we should do the best we can to pray for this younger generation for the Miriam and Moshe's of our life, for those that are in schools now trying to learn and trying to do what's good. They're in, in believing schools, trying to instill in them the Scripture or any school that they're attending. This generation is different. Outer space with this generation. Outer space competes with cyberspace in this generation. A search engine is not connected to a car. It's connected more to Google or something like that. The word engine is totally different than what I grew up with. How I many you can relate to that? Totally different. The words, some of the semantics are different. Confusing to some. How about a personal interview for a job? Maybe a Zoom session. <laughs> but not because it Zooms by. That personal interview of the Zoom session can go on for hours if that's what you decide. And I've certainly had my share of Zoom sessions and Zoom teachings and et cetera. And in this case, Zoom was very helpful for Miriam and Moshe as they learned their, their parasha. When I was younger, death from the Ice Age was what they scared us with. We were going to freeze to death. The Ice Age was coming. Stock up on your big, big gloves and your winter boots and your biggest jackets and blah, 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 blah. Death from the Ice Age now has been canceled by modern science. Now we're going to be scorched by climate change instead. <laughs> it's true. 
total difference. I grew up, and it was the ice age that was going to get us. Now we're going to be scorched by climate change. And then there's this word terabyte. How many of you know what the word terabyte means? It almost sounds like a dinosaur, you know, <laughs> or what a dinosaur might do to you, give you a terabyte, you know. <laughs> but a terabyte is, is made up, of, apparently, of a billion little bites. Well, a billion little bites spelled B-I-T-E-S is something to reckon with. But if it's spelled B-Y-T-E-S, well, that, this younger generation understands those things even more. And what about TikTok? I mean, TikTok is not the sound that a wall clock makes. <laughs> or what about Duck, Duck, Go? <laughs> How many know what Duck, Duck, Go is? It's a search engine there. I use it a lot. That, used, that sounds more like, and apparently the Jewish guy that invented DuckDuckGo and started that, he was using the idea of, you remember the game DuckDuckGoose? That's where he got the name from. That's pretty imaginative. DuckDuckGo. <laughs> like DuckDuckGo when you get to search there. That and so much more is what this generation, this Dor Hadash, the Moshe and Miriams of this generation, are having to deal with. One can only imagine what lies down the pike. And I can say this, I hope and pray that this generation will have a complete, a complete revival from Messiah Yeshua. Come to know him in a way that would far surpass all generations before the billions, the multitudes, the multitudes that are in the valley of Jehoshaphat, of the Lord's decision, the Lord's judgment. May this generation be of great, great impact there. And with the, with the changes that occur, midor lador, as it says in the Hebrew language, from generation to generation, we might wonder, so with all these changes happening about every realm, from food to science to weather, all these changes come, we might wonder, well, is there anything that's really stable and firm? And if you're a proponent of the teachings of Scripture, you know there is. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, Ki ani Adonai lo shaniti. For I am the Lord, I do not change. I am the Lord, I do not change. And then there's this statement, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Aren't you glad for a merciful God today? Aren't you glad for a gracious and a loving God who loves us? He loved us so much that he sent our Messiah for us to lay down his life for us. As Messianic Jews, the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 declares... And think of this, when you're going through a tough time, it says Messiah Yeshua is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. When your life is going through these multitude of changes, which invariably comes into all of our lives, and you can just imagine this younger generation, all the changes that lie ahead for them, remember that the Lord changes not, and that Messiah Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, dear Miriam and Moshe, whatever may come into your lives in the days ahead, the love of Messiah Yeshua for you will not change, no matter what. 
He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he laid down his life on your behalf. Now, what amazes me about that idea, that teaching from Scripture, is that Yeshua laid down his life for you and actually for all of us hearing these remarks. He laid down his life for us willingly. No one took it from him. He willingly went through all that he did. And that's how we can perceive the love of God. We can see the love of God, right? See the love of God. When we gaze and we see what Yeshua did for us, John chapter 10 tells us that specifically. It says, Yeshua said, no one takes my life from me. No one takes my life from me. He says, but I laid it down of myself. So he willingly, what manner of love was this? That we would lay down his life for Moshe and Miriam before they're even born. And put your name in the blank. Before you were born, Yeshua suffered for you. He laid down his life for our Jewish people. He laid down his life for those who live in Africa, for those that live in Asia, those who live in Latin America, those that live even in North America, those that live in the United States, those that live in Oklahoma, those that live in Washington State, those that live in Texas. Do you want me to keep going? Because it's a long list. It's all humanity. He laid down his life. Isaiah chapter 53 prophesied of what he would do. The chapter itself is immense because it points to one individual. The Hebrew grammar points to an individual. And Isaiah chapter 53, for brevity's sake, I'll just read two verses from Yeshayahu chapter 53. It says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The idea in the Hebrew tense, and it also shows in the English, is not only was there a physical outer wound, but there was an inner wound, the bruising underneath the skin. That means that you're, you're hurting deep inside. There is help for you because Yeshua suffered in your behalf. You can receive healing from him. Maybe you're struggling from a deep hurt in your life. He was bruised. He was bruised for you. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Yeshayahu continues in chapter 53, verse 5. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, his wounds, by his stripes, guess what? We are healed. Verse 6 then describes, I think, the status of every generation. The Dor Hadash, the new generation. The Dor Hayashan, the one that was older. The door to come. The generation to come. Verse 6, Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. And notice this. We have turned, and then this next two words, these next two words are very important. We have turned everyone. There's those saying, no, that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. You know, you know I'm a good person. I try to do what's right. No, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, on Yeshua, the iniquity of us all. And I challenge you to read that whole chapter Isaiah chapter 53, 
and you get a good portrait of Yeshua and what he did for us. Now, here today, I want to leave you with two brief lists. I like lists. <laughs> um, I wish I had thought of the book of lists way back when I was in the door, Yashan, the old generation. <laughs> but here are five things that Adonai, the Lord, wants us to see. There are things he wants us to see. This list can be very long, but I'm just going to mention five things that the Lord wants us to see. He wants us to see, he wants us to perceive, he wants us to recognize that deepest idea of, of, of seeing things with our inner eyes, the eyes of our heart. For example, number one, he wants us to see that all humanity was created in his image. That immediately means all people have value. He wants us to see all humanity was created in his image, but we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He wants us to get that. There is much more, uh, how would I say, uh, hope for those who recognize their need than those that don't. When you know you have a need, then you, and then you learn that you can go to the one who's a greater than all, and he'll help you with that need. That's a big step in life. The ones that stay away from him are those that think they have no need, that they're self-sufficient, that, 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 that they're really, you know, I'm a good person, that type of an idea. So he wants us to see that all humanity was created as image, but we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And here's number two of the list. He wants us to see that no matter how others act towards us, have you ever been mistreated? Probably. Can I ask you this one? <laughs> Have you ever mistreated someone? <laughs> Probably. He wants us to see that no matter how others act towards us, how ill-advised some of our decisions may be or have been, or how hard we might face current circumstances that are difficult, no matter how hard our current circumstances are, he wants us to see, to get it deep down in our kishkis, deep down inside of us, he wants us to see that he is faithful and he is true. And sometimes when we've had mistreatment in our life, we, what do we do? We transfer that to Hashem, to the Lord. We start thinking he's the one who's at fault. No, that's not true. He's blameless. His ways are just and upright. So he wants us to see no matter how others have acted towards us, treated us, no matter how bad our decisions have been that have impacted our lives, how hard we might think our current circumstances are, he wants us to see that he is faithful and true. Even if others aren't, he is faithful and true. Number three. He wants us to see that it is important to serve him. And then I'm going to use a big three-letter word. It's a big word. Three letters. Now. He wants us to see that it's important to serve him now. Why? Tomorrow's not ours. Tomorrow's not ours. One of the first lessons I learned when I was a believer, and I've mentioned this from this very stage before, this bima. When I came to the Lord and I talked to a close friend of mine named Billy, he invited me to a concert, a rock concert, and I said no. I invited him to come to a meeting, you know, believe me, I was like, just knew the Lord, just barely, and he said no. The very next day, back, anybody remember newspapers, by the way? 
<laughs> the very next day, no exaggeration, the next day when I opened the paper, actually didn't even open, it was the front cover, it was a picture of his Volkswagen crushed, and he died instantly. I was sick. I can't even tell you what happened to me inside because I knew my conversation I just had with him a few hours before. He died coming from that concert that I didn't go with him. How good is the Lord, how merciful. Billy, I hope, is with the Lord and his eternal reward. But the Lord wants us to know it's important for us to serve him now, and we serve him by doing his will above our own. We deny ourselves, and we take up the tree, the execution stake, the cross, and we follow him. We do what he says, because we really only have one life to live for our Messiah, just one life to live for him. Let us live it with joy. Number four of five, he wants us to see that he resists the proud. He resists those who refuse to repent. He resists them. He wants them to come to him, but they're refusing. And those who only live for themselves, he resists them. Arm's length, like a uh, stiff arm in football. He resists them. And I'm glad that this scripture, which is repeated several times, both in the Tanakh and in the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant, also goes on to say that even as he resists the proud, you know what he else he does? He gives grace to the humble, unmerited favor and mercy to those who humble themselves to him. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, this other Hebrew prophet, Micha chapter 6, verse 8, says this. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, justly, to love mercy. And then this last thing, because if you don't do this last, the third part of the tripartite statement, if you don't do the third part, well, guess what? The other two are null. To love mercy, to do just, justice, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk how? Humbly with your God. And number five, he wants us to see Messiah Yeshua as Lord of all areas of our lives. He's the Messiah of all of it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, this is from the Tree of Life version. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Get rid of it. Jettison it from your life. And let us run with endurance the race set before us. And verse 2, focusing on Yeshua, the author and perfecter, the initiator and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the execution stake, the tree, the cross. He endured that, disregarding its shame. And he has taken the seat at the right hand of the throne of God. These are things the Lord wants us to see. And I want to conclude just to give equal time to Moshe. <laughs> Five things the Lord wants us to hear. Because his passage was called Hazinu, give ear, hear from the end of, say, for Devery in the book of Deuteronomy. Here are five things God wants us to hear, I believe. Number one, he wants us to hear his word. You know, there's so many voices out there now. There's so many voices. It would lead you many directions. 
Don't lose his word in the middle of the cacophony of sounds you hear. He wants us to hear his word, Genesis to Revelation, to hear it. He wants us to learn what his scripture says, and he wants us to obey it. So number one, he wants us to hear his word, not to lose it in the midst of all the different pulls that are on your eardrums from the voices that are in this world to pull you every direction. Number two, he wants us to hear the heart cries of others. It's not all about us, you know that? He wants us to hear the heart cries of others that are in our lives. And he wants us to become and to be loyal and trustworthy servants of him onto those people as best as we can. Who knows, you may be a person that totally revolutionized someone's life. And I'm thankful for those who've had an impact on my life. Are you thankful for those that have had a good impact on your life to lead you forward in the right way, to point you in the right direction? May the Lord bless all those who've experienced that and done that and been that for others, to be loyal and trustworthy servants of God, not compromise. After all, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, these are the words of the Messiah. Yeshua said it this way, so in all things, so in how many things? All things. How much is all? All. So in all things, do to others what you would want them to do to you, for this is the Torah and the prophets. Number three, he wants us to hear number three, he wants us to hear amid the clamor of this 21st century Western lifestyle that we have and that we live here in this country. He wants us to still be able to hear his still, small voice deep inside of us. That still, small voice that we, we came to know because of Eliyahu on the views, uh, one of the heroes of our Passover Seder. And God was able to speak to Eliyahu, to Elijah the prophet, with that still, small voice deep inside of him. It wasn't in the tornado. It wasn't in the, the big wind. It wasn't in the, all the other stuff that was going on, the ra'ash, the noise. But it was that still, small voice. He wants us to listen to his still, small voice. And you know what? It's a still and a small voice as it's translated in English. You know what that means? Sometimes we just have to quiet things down in our life. <laughs> quiet things down. Take some time. Quiet time. How many of you have heard of that statement? Quiet time. Have quiet time. If your life is always filled with noise and sound, and no matter how good it may seem, are you leaving place and room for, for that still small voice, that one that you might miss if you're not really listening? You're not really hearing there. He wants us, in essence, to be led by his Holy Spirit, not by our own inclinations. Number four, he wants us to hear and consider carefully the wise counsel we receive from those around us who love us and care about us. Many, many people have gone astray because they refuse counsel. They were warned not to go this way or not to go that way, but they, they pushed it aside. I know better than you. But take note of those who really love you and care for you, and they, and they, they speak into your life and give it, give it good ears. Hear it, what they're saying. Consider it deeply. It's important to your life. 
because in the multitude of counsels, there, there's much victory. How many of you have had to go to someone at one time in your life and ask them for help to understand what you should be doing? I have. In our circle, how I many of you have gone and asked for prayer? Say, just please pray for me about this because I'm not quite sure what I should do. I have. I'm not ashamed to say it. The Lord is our sufficiency, and sometimes he uses other people in our lives. But please make sure that you go to him first, to the Lord first, before you start traipsing after other people. And number five, in conclusion, I think above all, he wants us to hear the words of Yeshua the Messiah and to follow him all the days of our life. Give him preeminence. What did he say? Because it is true what we are told in Matatihahu, Matthew chapter 24, that heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will remain forever. So we might as well start with the forever part of this, huh? And what does he say? I want to conclude with a reading a passage of Scripture to you that includes, we read from Talim Psalm 34, that included both seeing and hearing. I want to also read now a passage from the Besorot, the Gospels. From an event in Yeshua's life, it has a, it's an event that has amazed me since I first read it many years ago. It's in Matatiahu, Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. Just please listen to this, and, and notice we're seeing and hearing play into this event. Matthew 17, beginning with verse 1, Tree of Life version. After six days, Yeshua takes with him Peter and Jacob, the, his name is often translated James, Peter and Jacob and John, his brother. And Yeshua brings them up a high mountain by themselves. So it's Yeshua, Peter, James, and John, Peter, Yaakov, and Yochanan, John. Verse 2, now Yeshua was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and its clothes became as white as the light. And verse 3, and man, my jaw would have dropped at this point. Probably yours would have too. And behold, Moshe and Eliyahu, Moses and Elijah, appeared to them talking with Yeshua. Peter responded to Yeshua, Master, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three Sukkot here. One for you. One for Moses and one for Elijah. We have the great lawgiver Moses and the great prophet Elijah. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice from out of the cloud. In Hebrew, it's called a batkol. A voice from out of the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then he says this, Listen to him. Are we listening to him? Listen to him. Verse 6, when the Talmudim, the disciples, heard this, you know what they did? They fell face down, terrified. By the way, what would you have done then? You probably would have fell face down, terrified. <laughs> they fell face down, terrified, but Yeshua came and touched them. He can touch your life too. Will you let him? He came and he touched them. Get up, he said, and stop being afraid. In verse 8, 
and lifting their eyes, they saw no one except Yeshua alone. May we have a singular eye for our Messiah. Moshe and Miriam, may you continue to serve the Lord with gladness and continue to be his vessels wherever you go. Will you please pray with me? Lord, we thank you that we can look to you. We know how faithful you are, how true you are, how blameless you are, how good you are, how righteous you are, how true is your judgment, and your ways are beyond scrutiny. They are so blameless. We thank you for this joyous occasion today. Thank you, O Lord, for, for being able to witness Moshe and Miriam reading from the Torah, connecting back hundreds, even millennia, to the time of Ezra and Nehemiah in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. As we go forth with the rest of this day with celebration and gladness, please, Lord, help us to remember you. Help us to keep our eyes upon you. Help us to have ears to hear what your Spirit's saying to us so that in all things in our lives, you may be glorified. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.